opportunity to come together as a family to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this day. We say every distraction is bound in the name of Jesus. Every mind is safe and sound, and we're going to set our affections on things above and not upon the earth. So we thank you for your presence, and we expect your presence, Holy Spirit. Amen.
every breath that I live, I will sing of the goodness of God. Pastor's microphone, please. I still want you to worship.
I will trust in Jesus. those lyrics up for Holy Spirit come please there are certain songs that have a certain tone just like scripture go to the next slide the unthinkable the miracles go to the next slide a fresh encounter with the living God go to the next slide a real revival go to the next slide You want the fire of God in your life. You want the Holy Spirit to flood you with His presence. Amen. This is a song to sing with an attitude. Keep going. Next slide. Get rowdy in here, guys. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. This is Spirit and Truth worship. Real. Stay there. Only the Holy Spirit can give you a new beginning. I don't know what the desire is in your heart. I don't know what the cry of your spirit is for a new beginning. If you're tired of what feels like walking around in a circle going through the motions in your life the 
cares, the concerns, the worries, the busyness, the overwhelming feeling. I'm ready for a new beginning. I'm ready for a fresh encounter. I'm ready for a real revival in my life. Holy Spirit, come.
receive your freedom. Every voice in a heavenly song, sing to the Lord, sing to the Father, 
Father, your word states, in, every give, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, Lord, we give you thanks this morning. We're so thankful, Lord, for our salvation. We're so thankful, Lord, we're filled with your Spirit. We're so thankful, Father, that you're faithful, Lord, to perform your word. And so we honor you in this house today. May every ear be a listening ear. May every heart be softened, good ground, ready to receive the word of the Lord this day. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Say, He's worthy. Amen. We have quite a few announcements, so I'm going to give them quickly. And then Scott's going to come today and, and do a teaching on alms. We've been teaching on finances, on tithes, offerings, alms, because God wants us blessed. And so he's going to do that. But let me go through these announcements very quickly. Today, from 4 to 7, is ladies' night. Food will be provided. Entertainment will be provided. So please um, make sure that you don't forget that. It's from 4 to 7 today right here. Tuesday night is Patriots United. This week they'll be having a potluck at 5.30 over in the Fellowship Hall, and it will be followed by a speaker. There's a candidate that's going to be running for the state school board in the next election, and she will be here and speak for that, so you might be interested in that. Um, Wednesday night is our midweek service. It's at 7 o'clock. And then um, we have a sign-up sheet in the back on... Um, let's see, August 26th is Jesus Day. That's the kid, day's evangelistic day to just bless the kids and, and present the gospel to them. So there's a sign-up sheet in the back if you would like to help with that. And then we also have these. These are like save the dates. It gives all the explanation. We've given them to kids to hand out to their friends but if we have some more in the back, if you'd like to take these and you know someone that would, you could give them to, that would be a help to us when we put this stuff on Facebook. If you can, share it so it gets out there. We want to get the word out there. So I appreciate that. The last few weeks we've been teaching on tithes, offerings. Today he's going to talk about alms. But we don't every, every week receive just an, we receive the tithes. And you can give offerings, but sometimes we just make a specific request for certain offerings. And we have some coming up in the next few weeks. 
For Jesus Day, we want to give each of the kids a T-shirt, and we want the workers to have T-shirts. So we need to raise some finances for that, so in the next few weeks we will receive an offering, if you can, to help us with that. And then in remember in July, on July 23rd, Mike Keyes will be here. He's our missionary to the Philippines. So that's a wonderful opportunity to sow offerings. In Philippians, Paul talks about thanking the Philippians for storing up and laying up ahead of time for when he came. So this is an opportunity. Lay up ahead of time if you have offerings you would like to sow at that time. Just lay that up ahead of time, save it, and we will receive it at that time. So thank you. Scott? Well, I'm a little more nervous than usual because the anointing's so strong right now. Thanks again, Abe. You set the tone for today for Pastor. I like to have it when he's here and his presence is known. Oh, I don't even want to know where to start to talk to Pastor Kathy. It's a very big subject, actually. Uh, I want to start with the root words of alms. I can't stand still. i got to move. Uh, so I'll go with what they say in the Greek and in Latin. It actually, the meaning of the root word of alms is mercy and pity. The root word also for charity is involved because they say alms is a charitable gift. And it actually comes from the word Latin, caritas. It means love. And then there's also the root word in Hebrew, almsgiving itself, is sadika. It actually means righteousness. Don't let that get above you right there. You can insert that in a lot of things in the Bible with that word when they bring up righteousness. It is a giving thing. So this is what he gave me in the foundation of alms. So with what I just said, you can say that alms is a gift of love. And if anybody that knows our Savior, that's what he was all about, was love. He always looked to the those in need, those that were oppressed, those that had something that he could give. And he gave us that too when he left. We're supposed to fill that spot too. So it's actually an outward sign of Christian love to those in need. You can meet the needs of homeless individuals in different areas for food, clothing, money. Another form of alms, and specifically is this one, is the hardest one, is time. Everybody's life is so caught up in everything that we go, that's going on in our lives. We actually have to make time to see people in need. We are called to do this. And there's consequences if you do not. I will get to that shortly. Um, but you just got to have your eyes open. I actually look for people that actually have, that gives me an opportunity to give them encouragement. That's an actual form of alms. Because you had to stop. You had to take your time out. And you see somebody's need and you try to meet it with love and compassion. It's not always going to be easy to step out of your comfort zone. A lot of people, some in my family, don't like to talk to people. But when the Holy Spirit moves upon me now, I have no option. He will give you the words to speak. Don't use your own words. Let Him speak through you. It's very important to have that um, opportunity because it not only blesses them, it will bless you. I had opportunities to 
sow as well is what I call because you reap what you sow. And I can't discuss what they are, but I can tell you that the fruits of the Spirit were in full operation. The love and the peace and the joy, the gentleness and kindness that I experienced doing what I did, it's, I can't explain it. It was just amazing. And that's why it's, God put this into us to do this because of what it does. It sows things into your own heart. In Psalms 112.9, it states that the individual that gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. This is something that stays with you forever when you do this. In Isaiah 58.10, it tells us if, if the poor, <clears throat> tells us if, that we are to pour out our souls, sorry about that, to the hungry and help the needy. And if we do that, our light will shine in the darkness and that our darkness would actually be like noontime. So darkness would actually disperse from us. That's kind of a cool thing to think. Alms allows us to let go of our own desires. This is what he put into my heart. And it helps us to focus on the needs of others. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of our comfort to meet the need of a person hurting. It is an act of compassion and selflessness. It will also allow us to be more dependent on God to meet our needs than doing it ourselves. I want to end with this, but in Matthew 25:40, if you want to turn there, you can. Everybody knows this passage. It's when the righteousness are in front of God, or in front of Jesus, and he's talking about how when they served others that were in need. It says, when you give alms, we do it unto him. Don't let that get by you. You do it unto the Lord himself. He also states consequences for not helping those in need with an everlasting punishment. And he backs that up in Proverbs 2 and 28, 27. That if you avoid a need and you see that need, you will be cursed. Do not avoid the need of the poor and the needy. For they are oppressed and he wants us to give something more of ourselves. This also is what they've been tying from Nate and from ties, but it is of the heart. What is the motive behind what you're doing? Jesus is looking at that. Don't give just to give. You should have a compassion in your heart. And if you don't have that compassion, find that compassion, and it will help you to do this even more. Jesus is telling us, Every one of us, the heart of the Father, when we do this. We are to be His example and show mercy and help others that lack compassion. Next week, I want to talk more into what it actually means on the spiritual side when you give alms. Amen. Ushers, if you'd kindly wait on the people.
man, I need an usher or two quick. Two would be the best. If you'd move that table over here, please, and just set it right there. This week as I, uh, I don't know about you, but I have four or five devotionals. And uh, sometimes those devotionals will help jumpstart me. You, you know what I'm saying. And I had one this week by Rick Renner. And I couldn't quit thinking about it, you know, the following days. And we've been on the subject of the what? The anointing. And our purpose is to gain understanding of the anointing, the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, and its purpose in the life of all of us as believers. God has given His people the anointing of the Holy Spirit so they might be taught, led, and empowered to set the captives free. Now, I was ready to finish, and I was all done and to finish today, the, the one section that I, on the anointing. And I have a, an unction to do something different. And, and sometimes I get that, and it's just at the spur of the moment. So that it is to today, today. And it's going to be a little bit different because, you know, you, you should be thrilled because I'm going to read to you today. And when a preacher reads... It means he might not get distracted and off on a rabbit trail. So I might save you about 20 minutes today if you're really listening. Amen? So I, I thought about this just the last few minutes, was running around trying to find stuff, and fortunately the preacher has junk. And so I could find something. And I'm going to try to... Oh, my, that's slick. That's okay. I got it. I got it. Hopefully it stays there. I'm going to give you, this morning, a read to you. He has two devotionals, and I have both of them, and he's an exceptional... He's a scholar of the Greek... And as I was thinking on this week, there's one thing that can really affect you and I and affect the anointing that flows from you as a believer, and it's offense. I know I'm probably the only one here today that's ever been offended. And some of us are wired different. Abe and I are wired different. I mean, we're, we're like Peter. You know, Peter didn't stand around and twiddle his thumbs and ask questions. He just opened his mouth and inserted foot. Some of us are real laid back. Some of us are really motivated by that mercy gift. But in the days ahead, this is a warning today. This is preventative medicine for all of us. Say, this message is for me, and look at your neighbor and say, it's for you, especially for you. He quotes Luke 17, and he entitles this, What Should You Do When You Get Offended? Luke 17, 1 states, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible but that offenses will come. Say, offenses will come. 
He says, every so often, everyone has an opportunity to get offended. In fact, Jesus said, it is impossible that offenses will come. The word impossible in the Greek means something that is impossible, inadmissible, unallowable, unthinkable. One scholar notes that it could be translated as simply unthinkable that you would allow yourself to dream that you could live this life without an opportunity to become offended. But what is an offense? The word offense comes from the Greek word scandalon, from which we get the word scandal. This is a powerful picture that you must understand. The word scandalon originally described the small piece of wood that was used to keep the door of an animal trap propped open. A piece of food was placed inside the trap to lure the animal inside. When the animal entered the trap and accidentally bumped the scandal on, or the small piece of wood, the scandal on collapsed, causing the trap door to slam shut. And the animal to be caught inside with no way to escape. However, the New Testament also uses the word scandal on to refer to a stone or an obstacle that caused one to trip, to stumble, to lose his footing, to waver, to falter, or to fall down. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, the word scandalon is used to describe how unbelievers react to the gospel when they don't want to hear it or believe it. Peter said, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. Rather than accept the message and be saved, these people stumble when they hear the truth, tripping over the message that could set them free. But in Luke 17, 1, Jesus used this word scandalon to warn us about the events that happen in life with the potential to trip us up. Sometimes Satan baits us with something drawing us into a trap in which he knows we will become offended. When we bump into a moment of offense, the trap slams down shut, and like an animal that is trapped in a cage and can't get out, we suddenly find ourselves caught in a miserable situation, trapped in detrimental and negative emotions. This means Luke 17.1 could be translated, it is simply unthinkable that you would allow yourself to dream that you could live this life without an opportunity to be lured into a situation that could potentially snare you in the feeling of offense. If this is really what Jesus meant, we need to know the nature of the bait of Satan used to get in us. What is the offense the devil uses to trap most people? An offense usually occurs when you see, hear, or experience a behavior that is so different from what you expected that it causes you to falter, totter, and wobble in your soul. In fact, you're so stunned by what you've observed by a failed expectation that you lose your footing emotionally. Before you know it, you're dumbfounded and flabbergasted about something. Then your shock turns to disbelief, your disbelief into dis disappointment, and your disappointment into offense. See, it's progressive. We've all experienced this kind of disappointment at some point in our lives. According to Jesus' words in Luke 17, 1, the opportunity to be offended comes to every one of us. 
As long as we live and breathe, we must combat this nuisance and refuse to allow it to have a place in our hearts and minds. Even worse, we've all been the source of offense at some point or another. It may not have been intentional on our part. In fact, it may have even known or we may not have even known we offended anyone until the person later came and informed us of what we did. And just take it from me, the preacher. I've offended a lot of people in 40 years. Or should I say, maybe the word did. Through the years, I've learned to do the best I can to avoid being a source of offense to anyone. And at the same time, I try not to be too shocked if I found out that someone somewhere has gotten offended. Because people come from different backgrounds, wake up in bad moods, have a bad day at work, don't physically feel well go through a whole host of other negative experiences in their lives, their interpretation of our actions and words may be different from our original intention. Have you ever offended someone? When you found out about the cause of offense, were you shocked? When the news finally reached you that you'd offended that person, were you surprised to hear how he or she perceived what you did or said? We can be almost 99% sure that someone along the way will misunderstand, say misunderstand, what we do or misinterpret something we say. Therefore, as Christians, we must, say we must, we must do everything in our power to communicate correct messages to one another. How many of you could work on being a better communicator? All of us. Number two, do everything in our power to bring healing and restoration whenever misunderstanding and offense occurs between ourselves and someone else. If you discover you've been a source of offense to someone else, take the mature path. Say mature path. And go ask the person to forgive you and don't get defensive, for that will only make the problem worse. It may even lead to a deeper conflict, so just say you're sorry and move on. Do everything you can to bury that offense and destroy what the devil's trying to do between you. Make it personal, your personal aim to help the other person overcome what he thinks you did or said. Sometimes it is more important to help the other person attain a position of peace than it is to prove, prove who's right or wrong. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, I want to read it out of the New King James. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. He uses this scripture. Verse 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such is common to man. But God is faithful, say God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that what you're able, but with that temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. 
Now, here's, here's, the, here's what I read this week. It just really affected me. How many of you ever read something that just rang true? This is the first thing that he said. People can be quite a mystery. Say it. People can be quite a mystery. I'm sorry, Ron, I pick on you. But in how many years as a lawyer, people can be a mystery. You finally think you have them all figured out, and then they do something that totally lets you down and blows your mind. You never would have dreamed in a million years that they'd do something so crazy or inconsistent. That's why you have to learn. Now listen. That's why you have to learn how to overcome the temptation to take or receive offense or get upset every time someone disappoints you or lets you down. Selah. Ponder that. That's why you have to learn how to overcome the temptation to take offense or get upset every time someone disappoints you or lets you down. You'll enjoy life much more if you learn to forgive and overlook people's inconsistencies, lack of commitment. That's a good one for every preacher. Unfaithfulness, temper tantrums, and mood swings as well as all the other defects that are part of being human. There are days when I don't even understand my own moods. Amen? Therefore, I know I have to show mercy when I see others act differently than I expected. Everyone say mercy. When I'm tempted to get upset with my wife, my kids, or my associates in the ministry, I stop and remind myself that I'm not perfect either. I'm sure there are moments when these same people are just bewildered by me as I am by them. I can't complain too much about others being a mystery because I'm such a mystery to myself sometimes. Say this. I'm a mystery to myself and everyone else. Oh, how I long for the day when I walk in the Spirit 100% of the time. Even Christians who spend hours in prayer, read the Word, pray in the Spirit, seek to live a holy life, sometimes get in the flesh, doing and saying things they later regret. It's just part of being human. When we receive our glorified bodies and go to heaven, all our inconsistencies, mood swings, and complex emotions will be gone. Hallelujah. Until then, we have to stay in an attitude of forgiveness and extend the same mercy to others as we expect them to extend to us. Thank you, Pastor Mike. You get it. If you're going to get bent out of shape, lose your peace every time someone says or does something below what you expected them, you will live your life constantly bothered, upset, and frustrated. 
and frustration will eventually lead to offense. If you live your life perpetually frustrated by someone or something or situation, it's going to open the door to the enemy to come in And you're trapped. If you're going to get bent out of shape and lose your peace every time someone says something below what you expect of them, you'll live your life constantly bothered, upset, and frustrated. You know, today that might say, oh, that's not me. Preacher, you missed it. I came to the wrong church today. I'm listening to the wrong message because that just isn't me. Huh? Give yourself two or three days. Give yourself 24 hours. Rather than focus on the inconsistencies and flaws of others, why not look in the mirror and let the Holy Spirit deal with you about the areas you need to change? I think I'm just going to do that. I'm going to get a big mirror, floor mirror. Just from now on, it'll sit here. Every time you come in, you'll see yourself. Now listen to this statement. I highlighted it. Are you ready for this, or should I skip this statement and just move on? It may be that God is using the people you think that have done you wrong to expose a weakness in your own character that needs to change. It may be that God is using that individual you think have done you wrong to expose a weakness in your own character that needs to be changed. Do you mean God will send idiots in your pathway? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's like a magnet. God knows that Pastor Mike down there, he's got some areas. Gabriel, you know, Michael, go down there. Shoo those people right in front of me. Right at McDonald's as they're going through the coffee line. God, I had a woman the other day. I just... But you know what? I I can forgive that. But you know what really peeves me? They're on their phone. Then I just... The Clint Eastwood twitch in both eyes. What's that? Borderline. Let God's Spirit teach you how to overcome those exposed faults. In fact, before I leave today, I'm going to pray that God brings people into your pathway this week to expose your lack of character and your faults. I'm just kidding. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there's no law. As Christians, 
we must learn how to allow the fruit of the Spirit to operate in us regardless of the situation. Oh, folks, it's hard. It's difficult. When our relationships with others are going great, when we have no challenges, no problems, no conflicts with anyone, it's not difficult to be kind, loving, and long-suffering. It's easy to get along with them. The real proof of spiritual maturity isn't measured by the moments when our flesh is comfortable. It's revealed when we run into a situation that rubs our flesh the wrong way. How many of you can think some things that rub your flesh the wrong way? I love Baumgars. I love that store. How many men have been to Baumgars? It's a great store. But I have a problem. And I've learned how to deal with that so I don't get myself all shook up, bent out of shape, frustrated. I go in there now and I'll ask. And first of all, you've got to look for somebody, usually. And I'll go down one aisle. You've got to understand, I was raised, my father was a businessman. I was, grew up in his business. He taught me how to treat people. And I'll walk up and down the aisle looking. I'm getting frustrated. Because I'm not afraid. You know, my son's growing up. Oh, Dad, just be calm. It's all right. Just, you know, be, it's, be, be quiet. They're still like that. I don't care. I'm going to do it. And I, I'm looking, and I find these young ones. There's a lot of young ones working at Baumgars. And I'm glad they're working. But they don't have a clue. The majority of those young men don't have a clue where anything is in that store. Because I was in there a week or two ago, I asked, and he just looked at me and said, I don't know. (laughs) That don't go right with me, Rich. I want to say, well, then you need to know. So now I got it. You You want me to help you when you go to Baumgars? You look for men Mike's age and my age the truth. You look for men, older men that have been around the block that care. They give a rat's rump. Rump. I said rump. And they'll lead you because I have one in there and I'm always looking. I don't know if he's done or, you know, I'm sad. As Christians, we must learn how to allow the fruit of the Spirit to operate in us regardless of the situation. Amen. But what if you're dealing with serious offenses and hurts in your relationship? I'm almost done. What if you've been abused, betrayed, deserted by your spouse? Well, not yet. Stabbed in the back by fellow church members? Not yet. Are rejected by your parents? Never were family or friends, if you've experienced any of these hurtful situations, you know how the devil can try to use such an event to debilitate you, but it's time to move on and let the past be the past. Say it with me. It's time to move on. Let the past be the past. If you carry wounds and bruises and scars from previous hurts and offenses, you don't have to carry them anymore. 
You don't have to live with the residual effect of what the devil did to you in the past or even yesterday. If you have harbored unhealthy attitudes, you must allow them to be recognized, uprooted, and removed by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, they'll begin to produce vile fruit that has the power to socially isolate you and emotionally immobilize you. Scripture says in Proverbs, in the Living Translation, a man that isolates himself seeks his own desire. His desires to be continue to be offended. Bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness become like a terminal disease when left unattended, un, un, unattended, eventually eating away at your insides, turning you bitter, and destroying every relationship in your life. And I'm telling you something, you all know somebody like that. They're not hard to find. Just go to Walmart now. In every one of these situations I've described, God will make a way for you to escape negative emotions and killer attitudes if you really want to escape them. That's the key. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man, but God is faithful. Didn't I read that to you already? who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, with that temptation, make a way for you to escape that you might be able to bear it. That word escape comes from the Greek, which is a compound word combining the word ek, meaning out, and basis, which means to go or to walk. When compounded together, the new word carries the idea of an exit. Exit. And literally means to walk out as to walk out of a difficult place, to walk out of a trap, to walk out of a place that isn't good for you. So this is what you can know. In every situation where you face the temptation to take offense at someone's words or action, you're the only one who can make the choice to jump through that escape hatch or that exit. The moment you make that decision, your journey to freedom has begun. If you'll say yes to the Lord, He'll show you how to get out of your mess. You can avoid, shake off, get out of, break away from every temptation to take offense. Did you hear me? You can get out of it if you want to. You never have to get dragged into destructive emotions, feelings, and attitude. So today the Lord's asking everyone at Harvest Church... Listen, you just got married. What a great example. He's going to offend you in the days ahead. I'm giving you a heads up. You're going to offend him. It's up to you whether you go to bed at night angry. That wouldn't be a good thing. Amen. I've made her go to bed at night angry. She's made me angry. Eventually we work through it, right, Beth? As she sighs, Beth just went. <sighs> About us today, isn't Abraham? So today the Lord's asking, are you going to stay upset and offended? Are you willing to take the proper steps to escape from this emotional temptation and demonic trap? Say, offense is a demonic trap. 
Are you ready to give up all unforgiveness, lay it at the foot of the cross so you can walk free, or do you want to continue clinging to resentment, turmoil, and held hostage by spiritually, mentally, and physically crippling attitudes? What is your answer? You don't need to answer me. I'm just looking at you. What is your answer today? I'm not going to Baumgars. In fact, I'm not going to Menards either. That's another store. I could go on and on about not getting the help a person should get. I'll tell you one thing. Let's end on a positive note. Culver's is good. Rich and Julie's business is good. You're treated well. You want a treatment? Go see him. He'll give you good treatment. Taxidermy shop in Randolph. Get good treatment. You don't have to stand and look for somebody to help. Well, sometimes you do. Val, Val's the one that usually helps. Just teasing Brian. But you know it's true, and I know it's true with us, too. What are you going to do? God's waiting for you to decide because you definitely have the option to receive the freedom He's offering you and walk walk into a broad new place of abundant living with the choice you make today. See, this affects the anointing. If you come in here harboring offense and resentment and unforgiveness, it just puts a, a ceiling and the anointing cannot flow. And we definitely need the anointing in the time that we, in which, which we live. Let's stand up. Let's put that prayer up, please. Is it on one or two? Three? How many of you think this hit home today? Now, are you ready this week? Because the devil comes immediately to steal the word. So did you hear a word today? Mark my words. At work, wherever you go, you'll have an opportunity to be offended. Maybe your mate, your kids. Of course, my sons have never offended me. Never. They're good boys. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now and repent for having given place to the devil because of hurt and offense. I see now that the enemy set a trap for me to fall into temptation. I also ask you to forgive me for judging the faults and failings of others when in fact my own impatience and carnality were on full display, by the way, to their behavior. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to open the eyes of my understanding. Reveal to me the ways I need to change so I am not susceptible to unhealthy attitudes that would keep me socially isolated or emotionally immobilized. I choose to walk from from the devil's traps and I trust you to help me escape the net of temptation. I pray this in Jesus' name. And now, for dramatic effect, did it break? Are you ready?
That wasn't as good. Here, here's, here's better. There you go. Is there anyone here today that needs prayer for your physical body? You're sick? I prayed for you last week or two weeks ago. You've got to quit coming down here. Let's believe God can do that. Amen. It's good to see you have family here today. Amen. You got offense in your heart against anybody? Okay. Good. Father, I release the anointing, healing anointing into his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Jesus, you're Tom's healer. Now open the eyes of, the, of his understanding to see you, Lord, not only as Savior, but healer. I release that anointing today. I speak to his body. I say, come in line in Jesus' name. Amen. Any offense in your life? Good. I'm going to ask every one of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, the anointing of God flow into her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Healing anointing and strength for the days ahead in the name of Jesus because God's not done with you. And you know that in your heart. Amen. Father, no offense. Well, that's part of offense. Oh, remember we said offense is when you trip and stuff. I'm just teasing, trying to lighten the mood here, folks. What happened? Oh, my. Do we need to get hold of somebody at the meadows? No. Okay, we're going to release the anointing. In the name of Jesus, healing flow through Julie's body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. We speak specifically to her legs, her feet, her ribs. Supernatural restoration and healing because healing is her right, her covenant right. Healing is the children's bread. So we release that anointing today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your heart right? Everything's right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I loose that anointing, Father, today. She's your child, and you love her. And we thank you, Father, for supernatural recovery. You said we could lay hands on the sick. I've done that. Now, Father, it's up to you. We thank you, Father, In Jesus' name, amen. Your heart right? Father, in the name of Jesus, a loose healing anointing into his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. All that he has need of in this hour, Lord, you're a wonderful God, merciful, loving, heavenly Father. Minister life, health, and healing to him this day. Oh, thank you, Father. Now, Two of you know that you need to do some things. You already know that. And I believe you're on the right path. Keep your hiney in the right path. And you'll experience the blessings of God. Amen. Do you live here in town? Where do you go to? Oh, you're moving to Wisner. 
Okay, where are you going to go to church? Oh, you know what? Is that the... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. She was faithful. But the devil will always make the grass look greener 30 miles away. Chances are it's going to be hard for you and difficult for you to do that and make that commitment. So I believe that, and I'm just saying this, God could provide you a job in this town. Now, I'm not saying don't go do, go work, work your job, but get your faith out there. Because the church in these last days is vital. So do you want me to pray for you for a better job that in the days ahead that you can work here? Or are you just... Okay. So you're at great, you will be at great Dane. Okay. Well, he, that big guy right behind you, he used to work there. <laughs> Father, I thank you. If it's your will for this couple to be in this church, then open the doors that need to be open and close the doors that need to be closed and give them the courage and the wisdom to make right decisions in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. You see, it's so important where you are, where you get planted, because that's where you flourish, folks. You ladies are going to have a lot of fun. Amen, and I am too, because I'm going fishing. God bless you. Have a great week.